Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 59. I'm Kip Clark. And I'm Caroline Borders. And today we're going to be talking about a recent topic in the news, celebrating Columbus Day, because of course, many individuals around the nation are offended by this. They want to call it Indigenous People's Day. They don't want to celebrate Columbus. And I personally see where they are coming from and align myself with them. But I also want to complicate the discussion because I don't think it's cut and dry. And I asked Caroline to read a few articles. And so that's what we are going to discuss. So Caroline, what were your initial impressions after reading the articles that I sent you? For me, the question of whether Columbus Day is a legitimate holiday or not is kind of obvious. I am an anthropology major. I'm more allied with indigenous people and how the Native Americans have struggled in this country when really it's their country from the get-go. So reading these articles and seeing how Italian-Americans feel some ownership for Columbus Day, even though Columbus was actually not even Italian, Italy was not even a country at the time. He's from Genoa. I mean, some of these arguments for why it's still a legitimate holiday and why some people still feel loyal to it in certain ways seems odd to me. I think loyalty is a really important point because, as you said, Italian-Americans still hold on to it as a very important holiday. And I believe we as people, all people, look to idols and icons, those we think are larger than life, to identify with, to represent us in the best possible way. And so we choose what we deem as heroes, those who are strong, capable, skilled in some precise way. And talented beyond measure to represent the best in ourselves. And of course, for Italian-Americans, many of them probably see Columbus as an explorer, as someone who ventured out into the strange unknown and discovered wealth and opportunity and made way for many others to come to this great land. The reason why they're here in a lot of ways. Exactly. Although I would say as someone who does identify as an Italian-American, my mother's 100% Italian, I don't particularly hold Columbus in any high regard. I think he is a figure in American history. I think he's a negative figure in American history. But I also think our conversation will be best if we hold our bias back a bit and do try to approach some things objectively. So to that end, the history of Columbus Day in the United States is as follows. The first Columbus Day celebration took place in 1792 when New York's Columbian Order, better known as Tammany Hall, held an event to commemorate the historic landing's 300th anniversary. Taking pride in Columbus's birthplace and faith, Italian and Catholic communities in various parts of the country began organizing annual religious ceremonies and parades in his honor. In 1892, President Benjamin Harrison issued a proclamation encouraging Americans to mark the 400th anniversary of Columbus's voyage with patriotic festivities, writing, On that day, let the people, so far as possible, cease from toil and devote themselves to such exercises as may best express honor to the discoverer and their appreciation of the great achievements of the four completed centuries of American life. In 1937, President Franklin D. Roosevelt proclaimed Columbus Day a national holiday, largely as a result of intense lobbying by the Knights of Columbus, an influential Catholic fraternal benefits organization. Originally observed on October 12th, it has since been moved to the second Monday of October in 1971. Caroline, one thought I would like your opinion on is the quotation from Harrison saying, the great achievements of the four completed centuries of American life. Do you have any thoughts on that quotation and the language in it? I immediately think of the great achievement of American life referring solely to that of the white man. And Columbus came here as a white man colonizing a frontier for other white men. 
I mean, white women, of course, but mostly white men and white empires and European-based empires, which are inherently white. So when I hear great achievements of American people, it is totally disregarding and overlooking the Native Americans who were here long before four centuries of great achievement. And it's also devaluing the fact that Native Americans may have also had great achievements in this country and probably did, and then were pushed away. And it's interesting now that we look at different movements throughout the country, which are opposing Columbus Day and have changed it to Indigenous Peoples Day or Native Americans Day. It's largely those states in the Western United States, which ironically are the states that Native Americans were pushed into by white men. I definitely find issues with the language used in that statement. Kip, do you have any thoughts on it yourself? Certainly. I agree with what you've said. I think calling American achievement strictly white American achievement, also supported on the backs of slaves brought over from Africa, is troubling and doesn't really indicate how many people contributed to what we see as success and what the public receives through the media as a definition of success and insinuates that America began when the first white settlers moved in. And as of course we know, that isn't true. I also find it interesting that we revere in any way Columbus as this great explorer when, first of all, he had a crew and many of them, of course, helped him to navigate. And died. (laughs) Exactly. And also that there were previous explorers who preceded Columbus by hundreds of years. For example, Leif Erikson, who landed in Newfoundland north of where Columbus landed sometime in his lifetime. He died in the year 1020, so at least 400 years before Columbus. And furthermore, Columbus made inaccurate calculations using Arabic maps to reach America and calculated the distance to India, where he was originally intending to go, as being one-fourth of what the distance would actually be. And so some historians believe that there were Arabic travelers who reached the New World at some point, well before Columbus, in order to make those maps that he later used. And so he's not the first. He may have been the first stereotypical European male going for conquest and going for commercial success, but I think it's troubling. Exactly. And you have to think about the reason he was even on this voyage in the first place. It was resource acquisition, whether that was colonizing people or enslaving people or gathering raw materials, i.e. gold from wherever he landed, which turned out to be the U.S., but in the same time, he really was looking for a trade route. This was all about resources. It wasn't about discovering a new country. It seems odd to me that we'd celebrate him founding a country when he didn't intend to do that at all in the first place. Instead, this was an afterthought. Right. And in many ways, he was a calculating man, but he used what I would argue are moments of intelligence in a very manipulative way. He promised whoever saw land first a reward, or perhaps a reward had been promised to he and his crew. And when one of them actually spotted the Americas before they landed, he completely denied it and said that he hadn't seen it. And he later collected the reward. Or in one of his numerous voyages back to America, he was actually shipwrecked around 1509, I believe, and the natives refused to feed him, which I would completely understand given what he did to the region. And he knew that around February 29th of that year, there would be a lunar eclipse, if I remember correctly. And so he told them that his god was very angry and they would see it at night. And of course, as you would suspect, they didn't have an understanding of astrological 
medical information, and so he used that to manipulate them, and they gave him food and let him leave. But based on historical information, he was not a kind or understanding individual, and it saddens me that even though he did not found our country, his actions would lead to the founding of the America we know today. And to genocide. Absolutely. I think, Kip, that we've set up a pretty good argument for why Columbus Day shouldn't exist, but why do you think it still does, despite everything we've said? That's important. I would say because as people, and maybe this is a broad generalization, we don't like to deal with the negative. It's always there, for example, facts that we are going to die, that loved ones we know will suffer illness or heartbreak. These are truths, but we don't enjoy grappling with them. And so it is easier to say Columbus was a smart man. He found America. Maybe he was searching for India, but he found this great land. Forget people who came before because that complicates the story. And in many ways, this is a great conversation for us to have because one of the principles of the show is complicating and unpacking things we think we understand or concepts that we think are simple. And so to get back to why we celebrate it, I think a lot of people are very proud of what they think Columbus represented. And on some level, I want to say that's valid. If you have an illusion in your mind, Who am I to tell you that the facts dispel that illusion? But I would say most of us can agree on the historical proof that there's no illusion as to the genocide he committed, the enslavement he was a part of, and the manipulation and abuse of not only the resources of a region, but its indigenous peoples. I wonder why now, 80 years or so after it was first made a national holiday, why is it so much less legitimate now than it was before? Was enslavement not still perceived as a terrible thing in 1937 or colonization, I find that perhaps this holiday is a product of its time where even in the 20th century, white people still felt dominant in portraying Native Americans and indigenous people as primitive and lesser and simply a pure form of culture to be studied and static. It's interesting to me that Even now, there is no legislation or even attempts to abolish this holiday as a federal holiday. And there seems to be, we were talking about this earlier, a lot of apathy towards this holiday. I mean, I was asking some of my friends, oh, I'm doing this episode today about Columbus Day. What do you guys think about it? And some people were like, no, this is a terrible holiday. Like it needs, like it's illegitimate. Other people were like, I don't really care. I mean, we go to Kenyon College where Columbus Day isn't celebrated. So it's just like a normal day of class. Oftentimes, I forget that it even exists when I'm here. However, in I think 23 states, including Washington, D.C., it does exist. It's a paid holiday. So I don't know. Right. Well, there are, of course, as we read in the articles that we will post on our website, cities like Albuquerque and Seattle and various states across the country that do reattribute the day as Indigenous People's Day or Native Americans Day to celebrate those who were here before Columbus. Responding to what you said about the holiday being a product of its time, I would respond, most definitely, I think it has to be. I don't believe in historical coincidences, really. I mean, there are exceptions. But in 1937, we were about to enter World War II as a globe, and of course, with the U.S. as a nation, in which Native Americans participated as code talkers. And I think that's a really important historical detail. We used their language to send messages. They were a tool of war in many ways, even if they were 
volunteering and participating, their language became a weapon. And I think at that time in history, which we should also note is a different period of time altogether, and although there were still American citizens, the zeitgeist, the soul or the spirit of that era, it's a German term that I'm sure I'm butchering in many ways, represents what culture was in its form back then. And we can say horrible things were done in the past, of course, because hindsight is 2020. And I'm not forgiving the actions of the past, but I would urge listeners, and of course, Caroline, you and I, to remember that beliefs back then were different to many people. Columbus would have obviously been a hero. Why would we even have a conversation on air about the things he did wrong? They didn't see many of those things or would override them, whitewash them, and deny what he had done. But as for the holiday being a product of the time, at that time, the globe was undergoing a period of renewed racial conflict and interaction between groups of people. And national pride. I mean, especially following World War One. I. I mean, this is a considerable amount of time after World War One, but after such devastating impact of World War One on the U.S. population, we all learn in U.S. history classes in high school that following wars, there's a huge surge in church attendance. And that just ties into the idea that following a war and years after war, especially leading up to another war, there is this desperate need for some communal pride in one's nation in this case. And it doesn't shock me thinking about the historical context that this holiday was nationalized in the 1930s. And of course, during the period around World War I, after and even during World War II, immigration and mass migration became global concepts. Obviously, people had migrated before, but because of the conflict, many people in Europe and elsewhere were forced to move. And so I think the U.S. as a nation of immigrants, although we don't talk about it as much as I think we ought to, is a country that in many ways symbolizes what Columbus did. He came from Europe and became, in many ways, I'm sure to some people, the first Italian-American. So it makes sense that Italian-Americans would celebrate him. As well as Catholics. Exactly. I was just about to say the religious ties to Columbus make the holiday much harder to abolish, in my opinion, because we do live in a country where you have freedom of religion, and it's something I respect and value in our country, but also leads to a certain hesitation to talk about anything tied with religion because you don't want to offend, you don't want to step on people's toes, or start an argument that frankly can't be won because it's a matter of faith versus opinion. And so people are, I think, hesitant to question anything tied with religion of any sort. Not to mention that institutions in this country are so powerful, especially that of the church, especially that of federal government, that getting this holiday eliminated is a huge undertaking that I don't think people care enough about to do, even though it is so important to the indigenous people of the U.S. I agree. And I'd like to amend what I said earlier about the U.S. being a country of immigrants. I think perhaps that's the definition we've grown up with and the definition that has arisen out of the newer elements of American history. But of course, before anyone immigrated, it was not a country of immigrants. It was a country of natural inhabitants. And I think that's something that should be discussed. And that's I think also coming from political rhetoric that we hear all the time that we're like, oh, we're all in this together. We're all immigrants of some sort. But that's not necessarily the case. And it's interesting that in our current day, 2015, there are people such as Donald Trump and others who fiercely protest anyone immigrating into our country, specifically Mexicans. But I find it interesting that now the country's been established as in many ways, a white country, that suddenly it's important that no one cross our borders, land on our shores, fly in, etc. And I, of course, disagree with him, but I do find that 
very troubling that it is very much a racial problem, that immigration is very much linked to what it means to be white, what it means to be European or descended from Europeans. And I hope listeners grapple with that. It's uncomfortable and troubling, but I would also love to hear what you think. And Donald Trump is certainly not advocating for Native Americans either. (laughs) Right. And so I know this is a bit of a shorter episode, but to pose one question that I would like the audience to think about Looking specifically at Columbus, do you believe someone who does largely villainous things can be categorized as heroic? Can we hold those definitions simultaneously? Does someone have to be one or the other? In the case of Columbus, to our listeners, do you think he is largely heroic? And also to our older listeners, because I know that we have a number, how do you remember Columbus Day? Did you enjoy celebrating it when you were younger? Were you given a different definition than Caroline and I have read about in our research? We, of course, would love to know what you think. But before I conclude the episode, what would you like them to think about? I think in that same vein, because I don't have an answer to your question, Kip, but I think it's fascinating to think about to what extent are we products of our time? I mean, are we now getting behind this movement of anti-Columbus Day because we've come to our senses or because it's just a matter of what everyone else is saying? And would that have been different 80 or so years ago had the times been different? I think it's important to reflect on the context in which we live. I absolutely agree. But of course, we don't want this to be a conversation between. We want it to be a conversation among. So if you're listening and have thoughts, we would love to hear them. You can find us on Twitter or Facebook. You can also email us at strideandsantra at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, we would love a review on iTunes. And if you email us the text of that review, you will be entered for a chance to win a $20 Amazon gift card. Also, please share this with friends and family as applicable if you think they would enjoy this or get anything out of this. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off. And this is Caroline Borders. We'll see you next time.